I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Ravinelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravinelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Bora Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny, Taylor, and Elliot. And we are the Bora podcast that gives you the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs of Miller Football Club. Before we get started this week, guys, if you haven't given us a follow on the podcast apps, why haven't you? Um, it's the only way you won't miss out on any of the Bora Breakdown podcasts. And uh, next year, we've got some really excited plans made, um, which we're hoping to announce in the next couple of days. So keep an eye on our socials for that. Uh, but trust me, I'm, I'm really excited to tell you what we've got for the next year. But let's chat, some of them, let's chat about something more exciting than that. Uh, I know it's about the Borough lately. And Borough have made it three wins from three um, in the championship this week. With wins over Millwall, Luton and Aitor Karankas, Birmingham City. Moving Borough up to sixth place in the championship table. Three points, I think it's three points or four points off the automatic places. Um, Dan, I'm going to kick things off with you. A resounding win yesterday. Um, eight goals in three games for Boring. I went to a massive turnaround uh, from the previous week where we played Preston and Stoke, where we looked very, very lackluster. How have Boring managed to turn this around in such a short space of time? Well, I think going into the Birmingham game, the games that came before against both Millwall and Luton definitely contributed to the confidence of the team and you saw that just ooze out of them yesterday. And they're two very different wins in the sense that the Millwall game was really quite convincing. We were very clinical, ruthless up front and then we had to really grind out that Luton game. So games like that and performances like that give the team confidence, which we saw yesterday. But before you know the three games that we've won, We've had a change of tact and Craig Johns put a really good article out in the Gazette this week about the tactical analysis behind um, Borough's run and we've we started to get the ball upfield a lot quicker whereas before we've maybe tried to be a little bit patient with it. We've gone straight upfield either directly or through the, the, the wide areas and uh, there was one thing that he mentioned where Borough are overloading on one flank and then it frees up space for Johnson on the opposite flank, which is why Johnson's had such joy down that left-hand side recently uh, in, in, in recent games. And it's just allowed that outlet, I guess. Whereas before, it's been a, been a bit stuck. We've we've been a bit stuck trying to get in into those areas, whereas now we, we are more fluid. We're getting the, the ball forward a lot more. And yeah, it definitely it, it contributes both in tact and in confidence. We've um, We've really elevated our game recently. I'd, I'd agree. Uh, I think what Craig has mentioned there is something that we've been pretty much saying for the last few weeks of us we're not gambling in front of the box or not trying to get bodies forward and we're trying to be defensive first and we're being very static. So it's, it's nice to see we've made those amends. Else, uh, do you think Borough of the pennies kind of dropped with us now um, going forward? You know, with these three these three impressive performances this week start to become more important in front of goal. Um, do you think Craig was right in, in his assessment, really, to say Borough have started to take a chance and gamble in front of goal now? 
Yeah, I think so. Um, you can see from you know a couple of the goals yesterday that you know we were, were a bit more um, direct. Um, the, the goals themselves kind of sometimes came out of nothing, um, and you know for a period of the game we could have been two or three down from a couple of Scott Hogan chances. Um, but I think obviously some of our goals it was kind of normally when we'd kind of take around the edge of the box and move it from side to side and and not really penetrate the box, we've tried to to get something in early. Um, and obviously it does rely on quality deliveries, which which some of the passes yesterday it was a little bit more accurate than, than normal. Um, so I think obviously it does come down to that as well, that you know the, the wingers have got to be on point. And Johnson, we know, sometimes can be... Sometimes can be near Marv and sometimes can be... Marvin. Marvin <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think, I think they have become a lot more important in the past few weeks. Um, we still sometimes, I think, have to look at the opposition because I think, you know, if these three games were, you know... Bournemouth, Swansea and Watford, for example, would we have scored the same? Probably not. Um, but at the same time, I think they've, the confidence has helped and I think probably things that they've done in training has helped as well. I think Savile gambling um, to get into the box um, yesterday for his goal and sort of having that awareness uh, in the box has been very good. So, you know, the, the, mid, the goals are chipping in from elsewhere other than just the, the two strikers and Johnson. So um, it's really pleasing to see. It's massive that everyone's contributing to the goals, especially when we don't score as many. But now we're, I think we've scored more than two teams in the playoff places as well. So it's nice to see that. But also, Dana, three wins from three. I know I've said it three times now, but starting that build that build on momentum. And Borough have got some good fixtures coming up um, over the next few weeks. Can this be the time where Borough really do put a run together and, and start to become real playoff contenders? <sighs> It remains to be seen. I mean, I know we do have a favourable run, but that's exactly why it scares me a little bit because we've seen many a time, particularly under Tony Mowbray, that a Borough team will gain a lot of momentum and, and put, put in a lot of good performances and get a lot of results the, towards the back end of the year and then they tail off January onwards. And I'm not suggesting that that's going to happen under Neil Warnock, but I will look towards probably February, early February, and if we're still in and around the top six, in that time then I don't see why not because we are in good form we do have a very good team that is just you know just the confidence is just oozing out of them and I I just think that as long as we can keep this up 100% we can mount a um, or establish ourselves in the playoff places but I'm going to keep my feet firmly on the ground I mean I know it's it's good to dream and everything but we do support Borough so you never know what will happen. I think it it's, it remains to be seen, but I think our fans this year should not have any expectation um, at all. Uh, I think with the season we had last year uh, under Jonathan Woodgate, I don't think we should. I think we should just be happy to be where we are and be happy wherever we finish, as long as there's an improvement uh, from last year. Thirty-three points. I'm still looking for that fifty points, and as soon as we hit fifty points, and then, then I'll be happy with that. Absolutely. Um, but we've got a first question of the day, guys. Um, it's from Tom Muldowney. Um, and Tom's asked, have we been surprised? Has Warnock been what we expected or has he surprised us? Um, open question, Els, do you want to take it? Is, has Neil Warnock been what you expected or has he surprised you? Um, I think in terms of the way we've played, um, it's maybe been what we've expected. I maybe didn't expect to have some of these past results of blowing teams away 3-0 and 4-1. Um, but I think obviously in the earlier part of the season and some of the games that we have ground, ground out results, I think we maybe expected a bit of that. Um, but in terms of the way he is as a manager, the charisma he brings, the, the confidence he brings, the way he man manages people, I think that took me by surprise. I think before, or sometimes you see in the media, all you really see of Neil Warnock is, you know, a bit of snippets and whatnot and, um, you know, uh, odd, odd bits when, when he doesn't manage our club. Um but I maybe wasn't expecting it to be that good in the, in a way you can sort of, you know, motivate players and um and you know, really turn players from what we've seen last year of, of Mark Ball and Anthony Dyceal to what they are now. Um I wasn't expecting that at all. So yeah, I was you know, I'm gonna hold my hands up and admit when we first done that first podcast about him, you know, I was a little bit wrong on that. Um and uh yeah, I'm really kind of pleased that we are where we are now based on that appointment yeah well you, you do get what you want uh, you do get 
that you get with Neil Warnock, really. I think when I, I put the tweet out yesterday, I said that we're not the most entertaining team in the league. But I tell you what, we're definitely the most hard work inside in the whole division. That's what you want as a fan, really. If, if you can see your team working harder than in, in the opposition and trying to grind out a result and get something out of nothing, then tell you what, you can't ask for much more than that, really. Apart from that, I think you're looking for real possession dominance uh, or like really sexy football, which people quote with like Pep and, and Klopp. So with with Neil Warnock, like I tell you what, I've, I said at the start of the season, the preview podcast, that like if we were the hardest work in the team and in the division, then I'd be happy. And I'm, I'm really happy with what we've been doing this year. Um, Dana, would would you agree with, with Els? Is, is Neil Warnock uh, being what you expected or has he surprised you? He's, he's definitely surprised me what Elliot was saying there about that pod, that podcast that we recorded. I remember, I don't think all of us were fully against it, but none of us were fully for it either because I think we um, we also wanted a project, I guess. At least that's what I wanted. And um, there's this sort of perception of older managers that they are very direct, negative, set up to be defensive. And in fairness, I feel as though Neil Warnock has adjusted to what football is now it's obviously changed it's evolved a lot and I feel like he he has moved with the times and you see yesterday Paddy McNair doing overlaps in the 92nd minute <laughs> Matt Bowler started something honestly because it was Matt Bowler then it was Dyke Steele now it's Paddy McNair and he keeps saying they're gonna earn me a bad reputation with this attacking football and we have played some good stuff this season so you know he, he's adapted he's changed formation he's changed formula we've started the season with a 3-5-2 we've changed to like a 4-3-3 we've played different formations um I feel as though he's, he's definitely surprised me and uh, what hasn't surprised me is his enthusiasm I've watched every Neil Warnock press conference I just I, I never watched every Tony Pulis one every Jonathan Woodgate one and every uh Gary Monk one but I just have to watch every Neil Warnock one because He's just a golden quote machine, isn't he? He's just he just gets it, Neil Warnock, and it's very hard to dislike him. So, yeah, I, I really can't complain with what he's given us so far. He's great for content, isn't he? He's oh, absolutely, absolutely superb for content. You know, it's comedy yeah. gold for for us. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's nice to see that he's he's surprised you to some extent. Um, you kind of know what you're getting with Neil Warnock when he comes in. You know, you're going to get a hard work and horrible side and. Yeah, slowly becoming that, but it's it's nice, and he has you're right. Then he has adjusted his tactics slightly to become more progressive and, and more with the times. So it, it's nice to see him hit the ground running. I'm I'm very very sure that he'll probably do another year with us as well. So, um, but let's let's move on, guys. Let's I chat about Luton. Difference. I, I just wanted to say quickly on on Neil Warnock. <clears throat> um, what Dana mentioned there about sort of changing with the times is like. With Tony Pulis, he would all, he will always try and play the same no matter where he goes, and he will try and bring in players to shoehorn his way of playing football, bring in tall, you know, fullbacks to play there. Whereas I think obviously Warnock, when he goes to clubs, and particularly he's had to do it, I guess, because of the transfer window. But um, you know, get the best out of the players that are already there, and if you are bringing in players, you know, you're going to get the best out of everyone. There hasn't been many consistently poor performers this season, so. I think that's kind of the, the key difference really so i think it's a spot on point else uh completely agree with you i think yeah you're spot on with assessment of the the young the players that are already there improving like you just think dyke steel baller hopefully marcus brown when he comes back um mcnair's doing a lot better this year Um the adjustment he's made is fantastic with those type of players but also players that are going to come in they're trying to dislodge these players now from get, from the positions that they're already in and what they're trying to make their own. So this breeds competition as well, um, and that's what you want. Into, you, want comp, you want competition on the training ground. You want competition on the pitch as well. And hopefully we, we get a good balance of that. Um, and hopefully it goes in our favour really the back end of January and towards the end of the season. Definitely, it's definitely making me nervous from the title now. Anyway, so um, <laughs> it's uh, well, I'm actually not that nervous yet. But you know, you got you got to try and say something. Uh, but I think let's chat about the Luton game first uh, before we move in, uh, to Birmingham yesterday. A couple of points before we move on, but wasn't really an eventful game at all. But Chu Brackpom scoring uh, his first goal since QPR, and was it QPR? Barnsley. Or was it one after? It was Barnsley. Barnsley yeah, Barnsley. I was trying to think of which which game it was. Um, but yeah, his first goal in, in many games, giving Borough all three points at the Riverside Stadium. But Els, um, 
game where Borough had to grind out a result. Akpom scoring, he's finally broke his duck now. Um, how important is it for him and the side that he starts to get back up and running again, especially when he starts scoring more goals? Yeah, it's been a, been a long time without a goal for him, hasn't it? And I think he's he's tried to work his hardest as well in some in some games where it's just been not made for him. Um, we've talked about his potential strengths in the team and, and that he might work better in the two. I don't think we're going to change to that anytime soon, really. I think the four-three-three is now kind of firmly in place. Might change when Fletcher comes back, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I think Akpom, it was really important for him to get that goal. Um, you know, obviously, again, obviously, not that he was dropped, but he was, you know, obviously rotated out of the squad again today. But it just kind of builds the notion that they are a team, and um, you know, that I bet they were all happy for him when they scored. We've heard a lot of things this season that when they went in the dressing room, a lot of players have. You know, they've all kind of congratulated players on the first goals or scoring again or having a good game and, and whatnot. So I think, um, you know, it's good for him and the team overall. Um, Akpom, Akpom, Tuber, Akpom. Uh, he's going to slowly start coming back if he starts scoring more goals. But one big, the one big controversial moment of the game, Dan, and I feel like we have to go over it, even though it's been, it's happened, it's been resolved and we've, we've played a game since. But Sam Mosey, the red card, of course, um, of course, it was rescinded now, um, and he played yesterday. But at the time, did you think it was a red card, or and do you think Borough have been a bit fortunate to get it overturned? Yeah, we discussed this on the group chat, didn't we? And I, initially, I thought that's the worst decision I've ever seen. But I can understand why the referee gave it as a red because I mean, there's a lot of details. There's a lot of you know the, the close proximity, but he does stop a clear goal scoring opportunity. He does actually lean into it with his elbow, and I mean he slips. So does that take away the whole thing? I don't know. I, I feel as though we were somewhat a little bit um fortunate to get that re- uh, rescinded because I, he just he it's his elbow that comes out, and I feel like Sam Mosey knows what he's doing there. I don't know what anyone else thinks of that. It might be a controversial decision, but I do feel as though he knows what he's doing, um, and he just tries to, to block it. I know he slipped, but I, I do feel as though he, he meant to do that, or he meant to put his elbow out, sorry. Yeah, it's uh, I think it was a great save, though. You know what I mean? It was, he, yeah. He t- turned his back, and he wasn't even facing the ball, and he still managed to save it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think... It, I probably agree with you. I think it was it was a red at the time, but I think it would have been very, very harsh for us to like have a three match ban for something where I don't think I'm not Sam Marzi, so I can't I don't know the full intent of it, but I feel like it kind of was a red at the time, but I feel like that was kind of the best punishment you could possibly get for those type of things, really. Um I don't think it was I can't, I can't like I can't say it was like full intent either, but it's like the red card at the time was probably the best they could do with it. I don't think it could have mm. sort of given them a, an extra period of time off, really, with the, with the red card. But he could have had a nice Christmas off, but now, look, he has to play now. Yeah. Um, I bet so, he was I bet he's human, yeah. He was trying, trying to do a Danny Ayala, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> um, what else? Defensively, though, when we went down to 10 men after the, the double kick penalty, by the way, Dana, just a quick question, yes or no? New yeah. kick penalty decisions, change your mind? Oh no, I still think they're stupid. <laughs> but hey, I'm not going to complain. It went for us this time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worked. It's worked. Karma came back around. Yeah, hasn't it? it did. So, it did. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's the first question that's on, so on the sheet weird. this week. That's so weird, though, that that happened because it feels like it was literally yesterday that Tav slipped. Like, how many times in a season do you have double kicks? We've had two in what a couple of weeks like that yeah. just it was the meant same, to be in the same stadium at the different end it's, off yeah. it. it's just like the chances of that happening must be like good a million or one or something very I mean, strange um but as defensively when we went down to 10 men we looked really solid i thought we looked superb at times and we were really hard to break down is this borough team can you compare it to ayoka rank this side in 15 16 where they just seem to grind out results when the back was against the wall. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I think we kind of had to be very defensive. I don't think we were going to try to go for another goal, although we did get a very good chance, which um, could have got me three points, which wouldn't have even been mine because it was Tom's prediction. But um, when Tav got thrown goal, I was like, right, if I, if I get three points from this, this is probably be the only three points I'll get all season, but it'll be amazing. 
um, but we didn't score. And uh, you know, but I think obviously we we dug in quite well, and we we sat in and just we had to make it frustrating for them because they weren't a terrible side. They're in the, the you know they're actually doing quite well this season from from again where they were last year and um, you know only second year um, in the division. Um, so yeah, I think we kind of had to dig in. We, we knew that the the you know the capable of creating chances obviously from that chance they had before the actual penalty um so yeah you know all round when we when it comes down to it we you know we can defend well there's been some weeks where we've been a bit been a bit ropey and and letting three goals away at Preston that was that was a bit strange but I think um you know the return of of bike steel has been has been quite good um and uh yeah I think maybe the house and Sort of injury as well as we've maybe said we were saying about it is about a formation change at one point but maybe being a blessing in disguise of other players coming in and maybe other players performing different roles um so yeah and i think you're absolutely spot on players are coming in and, and making the roles the wrong really and we'll come on to that in a second about lewis swing but just before we go on to birmingham it was interesting to see luton uh, adopt a similar style of or on, on the Wednesday night where they were using that man-marking system that Borough currently currently do where if a left-back's trying to play against a right-winger and the right-winger comes into central, that left-back will follow him. They pretty much matched us in that front. And then also in that second half where they moved to more like a diamond, um, I thought they, they were really... It's pretty the best word. It was it was aggressive formation change, but also I thought they were going to try to pressurise our defence a little bit more with the diamond and try and use the number ten to get in and around the centre halves um, and create that little pocket of space. And I thought they looked really good uh, in the second half, and I think they're going to do okay this year. And I feel like the they're, they're really you know coming under Nathan Jones, so it's it's nice to see them do well. But also it was a good test for us as well to to beat a Luton side who have beat teams who who, who they shouldn't really be beating. Um, over over like the last se- over this last season, but let's chat about Birmingham. Um, so fun fact time, guys. Uh, it was the first time that Borough scored four away from home, uh, more than four away from home since Millwall in 2014, where Yellowbosson scored a hat trick in a five-one win. Um, but also the last time we won four-one away from home exactly was against Yeovil in the 13-14 season also known as the Albert Adorma dance party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, jo- Johnny's fun fact of the day, and there'll be more of them coming uh, with what we've uh, what we done behind the scenes. So, uh, Els, we'll, we'll keep it with you, mate. Um, there's two changes to the side that won a Wednesday night against Luton. Lewis Swing and Britta Sambalunga came in the team for Watmore and Akpom, who have been very, very bright in the last couple of games. Um, but the two... Players wing and British on Belonga, they really proved the point yesterday, didn't they? Yeah, I mean you can't argue with you know coming at the team and, and both both getting a goal. Um, you know, potentially two for, for wing, it was his his cross from the corner. So um yeah, I mean you, you really can't complain with it. I think obviously Wings had his stick this year. Um we still do know his flaws, um and I think he still has them in part, but you know, we know what he we know what his strengths are and Although it was poor goalkeeping, I think for probably both of the goals, um, you know he isn't afraid again, like you were saying about gambling, to have a go from the edge of the box, um, and it paid off for him yesterday. So it was his best um, rating on like who scored as well for all the games this season that he's been involved in. Um, so yeah, you, you can't complain. Obviously, Britt um, as well took his chance. You know, it's one of those where, again, um, as we've said about him before, where you know when it's an it looks like an easier chance of one on one, he's more prone to missing it, and that's like a, a bit of a tighter angle and a harder chance, and then he goes and scores it. And um, but yeah, it was quite reminiscent to the uh, the conference one, I think, where it was a one ball played through, and he doesn't have time to to think on it. I think as we've said that before, when when it's a bit of an instinct, he has it, and when he has too much time to think about it, I think he can he can overthink. Um, but yeah, no, they're definitely, they're definitely, you know, the, the two players that they replaced are the ones that have been scoring as well, Watmore and Akpom. So it's like, well, who do you play? Who do you play next? Um, but I think obviously Wing coming in allowed that three in midfield and allowed Saville to kind of push on. It wasn't like there was one sitting and, and two in front. It was either way around almost where Saville was kind of playing more as a number 10 um, and was pushing it in the box a lot more. So, yeah. Very, very good changes. It was, it was. Um, 
And then I want to come with you about looking at the team in general. Um, we Elliot mentioned it there. We reverted to a three in midfield yesterday. Um, obviously, Aitor plays a four-two-three-one, so it was important for us to probably match that uh, that formation in the centre. But I think you've you've looked at uh, Aitor's formation. They looked like they were playing a different formation completely. But I'll let you go. Uh, let you let you mention that bit. Um, what did Borough get right yesterday against tonight or Karanka side? Who you know, I know they're struggling at home this year, but there probably will be a good side in the next next few months if he gets backed. Um, but can you, uh, what what did Neil Warner get right yesterday in that four one win? Pretty much everything after fifteen twenty minutes. I mean, the game started quite sloppy. We, you know, it was very there was a lot of scrappy duels in the middle and a lot of aerial battles. And I don't think that either side really got a foothold on the game the first fifteen twenty minutes. And we did struggle to deal with Jeremy Bella and John Terrell in particular. But the goal that we conceded actually helped us because it lit a fire under our asses. Whereas in previous away games, you can see that our heads drop after we concede and. Preston, Huddersfield, the two games that stand out for me, but there wasn't a point during that game where I thought, that's it, the game's over, because we we were playing well after we conceded, and we battled really hard, and I think that is what we got right, it was the battle that we that we won, we looked like we wanted it, we looked like we were hungry for it, and epitomised no more so by Brit, I mean, I was so, so, so happy for him, honestly, I, I can't describe the joy that came out of me when I saw the Brit scored, because he's been getting so many pelters, and it goes beyond criticism for me, I understand the uh, the comments about his, his game, but every time, like, Brit can't do anything right for Borough fans, the there's even even some people saying that well this is his first game in about ten that he's played well and and fair enough but you know why do people always have to bring it to negativity I don't get it but you know everyone was saying why is he in the team what does he offer well that's exactly what he offers that's his seventh goal now in seven games against Birmingham got the best record against them um, out of any team that he's faced and he, he played really well Wing played well he t- he took his chance Savile played really well as well um, Johnson. The two centre halves, Paddy McNair and Dale Fry. The whole team just battled really hard, and wow, what a way to sign off before Christmas! It, you know, this this year's been shit. It's been absolutely horrible, and it's really good to see the borough are a beaming light in what has been a really dark and dismal twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, you've you've pretty much hit the nail on the head, haven't you, Dana? In terms of the the general performance, I think, I think that's a snippet for... right there. By the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking that as a snippet. Yeah, we'll say that. <laughs> might have to, might have to cut the cut the uh, the S words out, you know. But uh, well, yeah, I will do. You just just say shed, just say shed. No, it's I, easier. I think, I think it hit. I think it makes a point more. I think it makes a point more. It's, uh, uh, well, well said, Dana. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Up the butter. <laughs> the butter. <laughs> uh, but just in terms of, of, of the performance yesterday, we, we did look really, really good. And you hit the nail on the head there in terms of the individual performances and everyone coming together to, to get the result. And I think you're right. We we did set that up. As soon as we conceded, there seemed to be a little fire that was ignited in, in, in the side. And we seemed to get, get ourselves ahead whilst not playing well. And it shows the signs of, of a really good side, but also a team that's full of confidence as well to actually do that. Um, and it seemed like Karanka's team just pretty much crumbled in, in that second half. Um, but hey, I'm not going to complain. Uh, I still love IR, but you, you've yeah. just been more knocked. And um, we, yeah, we know how difficult it can be to unlock a Karanka side after the, after they go 1-0 up. We saw it ourselves at Borough. The record absolutely. they had was unbelievable. And the fact that we completely blew that away. I mean, I had to double take and rub my eyes when I was watching the game because I was thinking, firstly, we're winning away from home, convincingly. And secondly, we've scored four goals. <laughs> you know, that doesn't come around very often. And um, that was our second away win of the season. And, and honestly, what a way. I know I'm still in your opening line here, but, but <laughs> what a week. Uh, what a way that was to really sign off before Christmas. Uh, just the perfect Christmas present for every Borough fan. You can tell it's Christmas, can't you? Because I'm not bothered by that now. I can't even say what we have to bring that back. It would have been perfect as well. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah, we, bring we, it need, back. we need that Bring back. it back. We start recording again. <laughs> just go again. <laughs> just start with what a week uh, to bring it back. But um, 
I think that's just one point you mentioned, uh, then about Britain saying that he can never do anything right for Borough fans. I think you're right. Mm. Uh, I think Borough expect the world of British Sambalonga because of the price tag. It's the same with George Savile as well. Uh, but the, the critics are slowly starting to move away from that. I think with Brit, it's, it's, it's hard and it's always hard for a centre forward because everyone expects them to have a record like Messi and Ronaldo or Haaland. Um, and you know what I mean? The one, they just expect us to have that. That consistency, which is probably not there, and it's the reason why we're in the championship. This team is just not consistent, and players in this division in the lower leagues are just not consistent enough to have the quality, getting that consistency out of them. Um, we are slowly starting to put a run together, um, and also having that consistency there uh, might help, actually help Brit as well and start to deliver and score more goals. But uh, look back off him a little bit. I know that I've criticised him a couple of times, and want to criticize i've been critical um and be like constructive around mm. that but i think that i do think that if he i still have that that view of he can leave at the end of the season so yeah we have we have to try and see we either tie him down for another year or we have to sell him essentially mm. yeah i mean that's um, that's fine obviously to have the criticism i mean we're all football fans we've criticized players i mean how many times have we criticized george savile he's he's sure us up but i always feel as though it, it oh, does... i can't wait for the question i've got <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do feel as though with brit Sorry. it does go beyond the point of criticism and it it, it 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 is unjust and there is an agenda and it's really quite sad and quite worrying to see i mean he does have his flaws without question i'm not going to sit here and say that he's the best player that's ever donned a borough shirt because he isn't but I will, you know, I'll always go that extra mile to support Brit because I just feel as though he gets so much un- unfair criticism that, like I said, you just can't win. But he did really well yesterday, and and he battled really hard, and he he deserved that goal. Agree, and hopefully keeps it going on. But we'll chat about another player as well who came on the side yesterday, and it's Lewis Wing, um, Wing scoring goals um, once again from twenty or thirty yards. Uh, one at the end, which was a very casual Lewis wingy banger or casual wingy banger, um, as we like to, to call it. Um, but Els, a player who's been out in the cold this year, I mean, in this season, but a player who not long ago, Millsworth fans could not get enough of um, of Lewis Wing. You know, he was that really creative outlet under Tony Pulis, Jonathan Woodgate, side he way. He would, you know, he'd come up with trumps with a few goals, but we've always criticized that position. Uh, positional play and is he getting it right and can he maybe add this to his game to become next level that we really want him to be um but he's been a player that's come out uh being the cold all season but what impressed you yesterday about his performance because i thought he was very very good yeah i think he you know i think some of the work ethic is starting to pay off for him um whether it's just a case of it's i don't know what it is i don't think it's a mental or physical thing with him i think it's just it's the type of player he is. Some players aren't made to be, you know, battlers, um, really. And I think he is like a almost like a flair player, if you like. Um, so it isn't really his game. And I think that's why he hasn't started a lot of the games. Obviously, Housen has fitted a lot better into what you would class as a you know classic Neil Warnock side. Um, and I think if Wing was going to have any opportunity, obviously he was going to have to have it through an injury. He's had it now. Um, I, I thought he did relatively well yesterday. I think. Um, we need to see more of it in terms of the consistency if if he keeps his place, um, which I hope he does, and you know just just show that he can have that tenacious side in midfield as well as obviously is you know showing off his, his passing and, and shooting as well. Um, so yeah, you know it, it's it's good news for him. We thought at one point you know when is he kind of ever gonna get in and, and will he potentially leave? But he, he's shown us that he's you know, he's well worthy of a place in the squad. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And I tell you what, that little comment about Johnny Howison uh, saying, you know, it could be a blessing in disguise. It actually could be also. It was a great shout. Um, but then, uh, Lewis Wing, do you think on the display yesterday, I think Els touched touching it there, but do you think he deserves to, to keep his position now? Ooh, that's a tough one. Cause For the I, next game, anyway? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I do think you have to take the, the opposition into account. And I don't want to take any credit away from Wing here because the argument against him is that games often pass him by. And I don't think the game passed him by at all yesterday. He was still getting involved. He, he did look like he wasn't match fit or 100% match fit, which is understandable. I can't 
recall the amount of starts that he's had this season probably two or three maybe um so he's obviously lacking that sharpness but he, he really impacted the game yesterday and if anything it shows that he can bring something to the team and that we all know what his uh, shooting ability is like and he's probably one of the best I mean I can't think of anybody better in this division than uh, at shooting outside the box than Lewis Wing so that's what he can offer us but it's it's not just that you know he does work hard he still looks like a ragdoll when he's moving around the pitch you know he looks like a, someone's teddy that they just sort of chucking everywhere but um you know he's obviously he did it <laughs> he did Sorry, that's just, yeah it's, it's just I'm, I'm just like imagining it as you're saying it and it's just like funnier in my head i mean it's it, it's true to be fair i mean it, i mean that's what i i think when i watch him move anyways um you know he, he did really well yesterday and i think Again, another player. Everyone was saying, why is Wing in the team? And I must admit, when I saw the team sheet, I, you know, there was a sharp intake of breath because Wing was starting. But, you know, you can't really do anything else, really. I mean, he, he scored a goal. He contributed to the win. And I think he played really well. I think he deserves the corner goal. There, I said it. I think he deserves the corner and he deserves, well, the second goal was already his anyway. But the first one. I think he deserves that. I think Etheridge mm. Etheridge doesn't want the own goal to his name. No, wings wings pinged it around the uh, the back the back post. So is that is that a new one? Is it Johnny a wing ping? Wing casual wing ping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't wait for it to use that on the uh, <laughs> as the next hashtag. Casual wing ping. It's good. That's it. That's the new one. I, I'm changing. Casual wingy bang is gone. <laughs> gone. I'm not using it anymore. Casual wingy pingy uh, is is the new one. <laughs> Casual wingy ping. What was it last week? Uh, the what what was it? Wobbly Warnock wobble or something? Warny wobble. Warny. <laughs> you go like this with yeah. the with the hands in, behind in, in the hands the hands behind you and you just shake, shake your, hips, your hips. The warny wobble. Yeah, with warnie every wobble. everyone definitely needs to do that at Christmas. Oh, we need, we need to think of a dance for wing ping and then and, uh, say, are you a warny wobble or a wing ping? <laughs> see, what, see what people there uh, oh, do more. See which type of dance they like better. Well, this, we'll bring it out after this after this podcast. What do, what's better? Casual casual wingy pingy or a warny wobble? Um, yeah. we'll, 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 go off, we'll go off from there. <laughs> casual wingy pingy. I'm oh, laughing at my own joke. I'm sad as. I feel like I'm delirious. Um... <laughs> With with uh, casual wingy pingy, uh, then uh, um, no, you said just then that you got a bit of a had a bit of a sharp breath when Wing was in the team. But do you think he's he's overly criticised a little bit, similar to Brit? Uh, like he's he he came in the wing and he he came on like a house on fire where he was scoring bangers left, right, and centre. Um, and then he's kind of tailed off a little bit. But do you think he's overly criticised by fans and we should be getting behind him a lot more? I think we should be getting behind the whole team, to be honest. What Neil Warnock has said is that rather than focusing so much on what they can't do, focus on what they can do. I'm trying to change my mindset to that. Obviously, we can't fully do that on the podcast because we need to criticise and and look at the um, weaknesses of, of us to see where we can move forward. But Wing can offer us a lot in this team. It's just finding that position for him. I don't feel as though... He's an over ten. I don't feel as though you know he's, he's definitely not a holding midfielder like Jonathan Woodgate put him in that position. But he's he has a place in the team. It's just with Wing, I feel as though to get the best out of him, you have to build a team around him, and we are in no position to build a team around anybody. I mean, you see that with Patrick Roberts. He's not even you know he's not getting a look in. I know he was ill yesterday apparently, but um, he doesn't even get a look in, and he's probably the type of player that out of the whole squad you would probably say build a team around him, but. Um, as for your question about does he get unjust criticism, I think maybe to a certain degree, but I wouldn't say it's all overly unfair um, because he does have his weaknesses. It's not it, it's unfair when people say that you know he doesn't look like he's trying because he absolutely does and he will put himself around even though he does look like a ragdoll when he's doing so. But he he does have his limitations, we, we know this, but... The rise that he's had in this team from non-league, you have to applaud that and say it aside and think, hang on a second, let's lay off him a little bit because 
he's trying to find his way in the team and yesterday he did really really well and you can't really ask for much more than the contribution that he, that he did have so a little bit of um I, I do feel as though some of it as with all players it will go overboard but the majority I do feel as though is not unfair but I think we should maybe trust him a little bit more I think it, it comes down to the opposition like you said Dana um there's some games where I just don't think it's well suited doing. If we're playing, if we're playing, you know, Norwich, for example, or we're playing Brentford. Well, actually, he did start in a Brentford away game, so I'll completely take that back. Um, but normally, I, I think in those games you would like to start somebody else. And I just, I think you need, um, you know, someone else in midfield is a bit more tenacious and can be a, a Sam Morsey type player and, and snap at the heels. So, um, and then obviously in games, I think where we're going to be. You know, a bit more free flow and a bit more attacking. We're going to have a bit more opportunities and a bit more space um, than Wingsy guy. I think, especially when when a, a Birmingham team has got Adam Clayton in there, who you know is really getting past his his best now. Um, you know, Wing can find his space there, and it's not like um, even though we say he's not the the most aggressive type or, or physical, you can be physical against Adam Clayton. He's like five foot three, so. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Oi! Isn't Johnny five foot three? <laughs> well, well, I, I don't know. Johnny, I'm actually seven foot seven. Five, thank seven. you. I'll take that. Yeah, Johnny's physical. I, I've I've a I've a little shoulder badge of Johnny, and he, he knocked me off the ball. So um, did actually knock off the ball. Yeah. So yeah. take that back. Yeah. Yeah. No. But, but yeah. I, I think I think winged. I think winged. If we're going off pure like fighty, I think we're going to play. If we're going to go down that route, so um, yeah. So I'm back to the point. Actually, on wing is um, I think the the game has to be right for him. Um, what we play, but there's no there's no reason why he can't make himself a you know a regular and get into to other games as well. I think he a bit like how Warnock's adapted his style to, to the needs of the team and, and different you know how football's changed over the years. I think wing. Needs to also adapt in certain games as well. So, well, I'll take the insult that you try to call me a dwarf, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll carry on. Purely on Clayton, Dana tried to uh, uh, <laughs> change it to you. Back off, Dana. Smaller than me. I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but let's move on. We've got we've got one or two more questions before I move on to January, um, January in the transfer window, um, and we'll break down Rotherham as well. But well, Marvin Johnson, Neymar for sure, uh, George Savile. Um, they've, they've both been rejuvenated this year. Daniel Warnock, seven goals apiece. Um, well, it contributed to seven goals. Uh, and it's a fantastic return for the, for the pair of them. Um, first question, Els, Johnson, he's got one year left um, on his contract. Um, should we be looking to extend this, just given his current performances over the last few weeks? You mean, like, does he... Is he um... It doesn't run out at the end of this season like he has another year runs after that, this season. Runs at, the end of the, runs at the end of this season. All right, okay. Um, yeah, uh, probably like to think so. Um, again, I, I don't want to kind of dream and say, you know, I think we, we could go up, but if we go up, it's a, you know, could be a step too far for John uh, for Johnson, but um, that's all by the by. I think, it, you know, I think what he's offering the team now, he's deserved... Um, another contract. Uh, we obviously deserved it from the the lockdown period when when Warnock came in anyway, and and obviously won himself a new contract there. And I think he's again proving what an asset he can be. Um, his experience, I think, of playing um, as an out and out winger has, has benefited him. He took a little bit of time to adjust in the championship, and obviously last year was the way we set up was poor for a lot of players in in general. Um, but you know, considering he's he spent the majority of the time in League One, I think he stepped up very well at the championship um improving showing what he can do really so yeah i think it, i think it'd be worth a new deal obviously if it ends up that we end up you know someone managing to go up and we, we go up in the playoffs or something you might not get a look in really in the premier league but um who knows at this point i think it would make good sense to do so absolutely agree um and dana final question before i move on um do we know what a george savile is yet yeah, we do. And he's always had that tenacity in him from when he joined from Millwall, but he's just needed to be played in his best position and he and he is now and he's getting the goals and the assists and he's 
been one of our better performers this season for sure and yeah, it's, it's it's so good to see him shut us all up because we did criticise him, didn't we, a, a lot of the time. We'd, we'd always said, eight million for George Savile, no chance. I mean, I still think that's uh, a little bit too much. But, yeah, a little bit steep, but he's, he's slowly starting to repair that and, and long may it continue because he's been really, really good this season. He's just got that little bit of bite. He's added goals to his game. He's added assists to his game. He's no longer a passenger in that midfield. He's very much a part of it and I've, yeah, really, really happy with George Savile this season. Fantastic, I am too. Um, let's chat about January and the transfer window then. As you know, we're slowly, well, very, very quickly actually approaching the, the January window now. Um, and Middlesbrough have a chance to amend and hopefully add to the squad um, that's currently performing really well in the championship season. Um, but then I'll keep with you, Patrick Roberts. I know he wasn't on the squ- in the squad yesterday due to an illness, um, but he is set to leave Borough in January, but with Yannick Balassi tipped to come in for him, do you think that's probably good business for Borough? Maybe send the Roberts back, keep the wages, and then bring in Balassi in? Potentially, yeah. I mean, time will tell. What you get with Blassie is genuine width and pace, but you also get someone who is wildly frustrating and wildly inconsistent. But hopefully the positives outweigh the negatives. As for Patrick Roberts, the thing is, is I mean, I've never been so confused on a player than Patrick Roberts. I keep flip-flopping. It's like Boris Johnson, but I just don't know where I stand with him because one week I'll think that he's a very good player and we definitely need him in the team and then the next week I'll think the exact opposite and what Borough are doing now is making it so that we're not looking at Patrick Roberts and thinking oh we should have put him on the pitch I mean we were a couple of weeks ago but I'm just starting to feel as though Borough and Patrick Roberts are just not the right fit and it's like I mentioned earlier that I feel as though you need to build a team around Patrick Roberts and we're, we're simply not going to do that. We're not going to do that around every player, around any player, sorry, because every player needs to be really the team. So I don't know. It's like I said last week when Tom was on, this is his third loan spell now where he's failed to establish himself as a regular starter. That could potentially be a, a problem down to solely Patrick Roberts, but we, we we won't know. We don't know the ins and outs of Borough, so we're not going to know the ins and outs of Girona and, and Norwich. But I feel as though it is time to probably just cut our losses and say goodbye. The writing is on the wall for me. I don't think even if Borough want him to stay, that he will accept it because he's not really going to get. He's not going to start every game, even if he comes on from the bench as an impact player. I don't think he'll be happy with that. So. Uh, yeah, I can see him leaving. Yeah, I probably agree. Um, it's 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 hard to you know like even argue. It's no point paying his wages if he's not going to play. Yeah, and we have the right to send him back as well. But L's next question it's from Mark Stewart and it says, "Do you think Gibbo will spend big uh, in January? No, we're in a chance for promotion. Does Gibbo back Warney or does he stick to his budget?" Um. It's a tough one because I, I I don't think there might be much available in all honesty. Um, it's yeah, you know, it's a tough window anyway to navigate as as everyone um, says. Um, so again, I don't think there'll be any deals really for an actual transfer fee. I think spending two, three million was it on Jim Rackham at the start might have been might have been a lot, but I think obviously Patrick Roberts goes. Um, I think there'll be some more money added to to kind of fund wages if there's loan there'll be mainly loan deals I think um I don't think there'll be many free agents kicking about either um not that Ryan Shotton's now finally uh found a club uh he's joined big big Rudy at Melbourne victory so he might be one of the last of the free agents to <laughs> found the club um but uh yeah I think mainly loan deals um will be we'll be looking at um so I don't know. It's a tough one. I think if you if you gamble and, and kind of do it and then it doesn't pay off, it could be you know catastrophic for the club in what is already a um, you know a very poor financial period because the way the UK is at the moment, it still seems like it could be a while off until fans get back in, um, and it's been a very long time without fan revenue, um, so it could be tough to kind of justify spending money and on the chance that we might only get in the playoffs and even from there you've still got to navigate three games so um yeah I, I don't feel like we will chance it i feel like we'll we'll try and get a good deal for us in, in the january transfer window yeah, i think you're absolutely spot on else i really do i think borough have to be very careful uh this year i think 
is spot on with the uncertainty side of things as well. And if I'm honest, I don't think poor fans should be expecting much in the in the January window. Or I think it's business first. I'd rather have Middlesbrough around for another hundred years than I would for one more year and going bankrupt because we've overspent in a window where we shouldn't spend. Um, so I think. I think we've got to be very, very careful how we work business and, and how we do it as well. And, you know, we might we might lose two or three in the window. If we can bring people in and a bit more quality, then that's fantastic for us. Um, but it leads us nicely on to the next question. Um, it's from Jake Riley, and, and it's kind of an open question. I'd be interested to see your opinions on it. Um, but you say if we can pick three to five players to bring in in this transfer window, who should we look to bring in um, and why do you think they would be a good fit? Um, I know we said that it would be quite good to stick to budget, but also if we have the opportunity to bring in three out of five players, who would we look to bring in? Uh, Dana, you can kick, kick us off if you want to, and then we'll we'll, we'll discuss it. Yeah, I think Blassie and Grzycki are the ones that be mentioned that I would want in. Um, it's hard to try to find someone that wouldn't cost a lot. I mean, in an ideal world, I'd love Dembele of, of Peterborough, um, brother of, of Karamoko. I think he's... Uh, versatile forward he started out on the wing and now he's playing as a striker he's having a really good season Marcus Harness at, at Portsmouth um, you know he really allows a fluid movement up front he buzzes around in, in certain positions um, I think he's more of a sort of attacking midfielder so potentially a, a replacement for Roberts but we're not going to sign anyone um, from a higher league one club that are challenging for promotion um, maybe somebody from a Premier League side, like a, a youngster from a Premier League side, I would love Emil Smith-Rowe, but given Arsenal's plight at, at the moment, battling relegation mm. with Newcastle, I can't see him uh, being loaned out. Um, I don't know, it, it, it's a tough one. I was trying to look for players like Akpom that were you know, English players abroad that have maybe gone further afield to sort of resurrect, if you like, their careers. I couldn't really find anyone that um, immediately stood out, but for me, Balassi, Grzycki, uh sign Ashley Fletcher on a, a an extended deal and maybe somebody else to replace Patrick Roberts should he leave. But it's a it's an interesting and quite important month for Borough January because by the end of it we probably will see whether you know it's a make or break month for a lot of teams and we'll probably see whether we are supposed to be in the playoff places or whether it's just uh, sort of above our grasp. And I'm hoping that, that Steve Gibson can back him and I'm sure he will in, in some capacity. It might not mean that um or it might mean that we're not spending loads because we just can't in the current climate, but um I feel as though he will back him in some way, some way, shape or form and um we will elevate the team in order to really kick on in the playoff battle. Three good signings there, then I'd take him. Tim if you could. Um else who would you like to bring in? I couldn't really think of names, um, to be honest, um, of players, but I think one position that possibly needs cover is, is centre-back. Um, we've seen that we've had a couple of injuries. We haven't been really plagued with them, I think, this season, but we know that if there's... Especially if Sam Morsey was going to be out yesterday, that could have really tipped the balance of, in what we'd have done um, with Housen and, and Morsey both out. Um, so I think we've seen what it could be done if he was a couple of people in the positions obviously you've got McNair and Fry there now um, but you've really only got Wood after that and we're quite lucky that you know we have even used McNair as a centre-back at times so I think centre-backs are a potential good um, you know a position to cover we were linked with Nat Phillips back um, in the summer but seeing as though he's been playing um, for Liverpool and, and Jurgen Klopp seems to, to really like him um, I don't think that'll be a you know feasible deal possibly so but I think a good shout from Premier League teams of, of people who aren't getting games. Obviously, I know we got asked a question, I think, by Ben Strickland the other week. Was it if Vidro was one? Um, I know people have touted around John Lundstrom because I know he's not signing a new contract at Sheffield United um, and they'll look to possibly be on the way down anyway. Um, so there's a couple of players who are potentially are championship level or are in the Premier League who aren't getting a look in um, who I think we could look at. So... Yeah, look around there, and I think I think it'll probably be easier to get hold of one of those than, as Dana mentioned, someone at a promotion chasing League One club. You wouldn't leave a good atmosphere in the club that you've got, and potentially a chance of promotion to. Not that I'm saying we're going to go down, but to just just to go up and potentially be a bit part play. You know, if you've got a good got a 
got a good thing going at your club currently, you you don't really want to leave. So, yeah, I think people aren't getting games in the Premier League and and or in the Championship. So, yeah, I think you're spot on. I think we're, we're both your points there. I think in an ideal world, I'd love to bring in Alex Mowat. Um, I'd also like to have Krasicki and also have to have Balassi as well. And it'd be it'd be good to bring those type of players in. I think I've went a little bit left field on on a couple of mine, um, and I've went to my beloved Anderlecht. Um, to to actually go down that route, I'm not, um, I'm not saying the Metro North. Um, <laughs> yeah, however, he has he has been on fire for Underlecht this year. I think he scored nine goals. I think for us. Um, and people ask me why he support. Like I just I don't know. I, just, I wanted the second team because used to both follow like German teams. I was like, you know, I'm gonna go left field and go. Oh, sorry, two. Is it two German teams? You oh no, it's just no. It's just trying to be cool, but oh, oh, not being cool. I think you, you followed. <laughs> A sixty Munich and and uh, Bielefeld, but I thought, yeah, I just decided to spot uh, Underlecht or watched a few of the games. Started pretty much when company took over. I was like, ah, oh, they've they've brought in quite a lot of players like over the years, like Fellaini, uh, Lukaku, a company for example. Obviously, but then there's, there's quite a few more as well. But there's a couple of players that have haven't really been featured much, but when they have, they look like really top talents. I think Francis Amuzu um, was a left right winger. Um, rapid, absolutely rapid, but he's only still young at 21 year old, so it's like I want to gamble on him. And then also, you've got you've got the likes of Bogdan I'm pronouncing it, it is brutal pronunciation, but uh, Bogdan Kalichenko, um, he is uh, a left back, I mean, he's only like 22 23 year old, um, very solid. And I feel like he's a career player that could play on that left hand side of center half, but then also push out to a left back. And roll if we needed to as well. He's very, very good on the ball and can can pretty much spray a pass as well. So they're the two I think I'd probably look at. Um, one fun defensively and one offensively as well. But then, as I've both mentioned, there's a lot of players um, that aren't playing in the play in the, in the Premier League that we could potentially look at. Um, but then also look at the teams in and around the League One as well. So I think Borough are right, and I think they will bring in. Um, two or three players but it has to be the quality there that we need and we need players probably for now rather than looking for someone who is a bit younger um, and hopefully got the career at the at the feel like Amuzu I think Amuzu is going to be a talent in the next couple of years but we'll we'll soon we'll soon see that anyway but um, a little fun fact if anyone's interested in FIFA from like 2018 maybe that uh, Bacali Zachary Bacali plays for um, for Anderlecht and he can't even get a game he's had so many bad injuries uh, we can't even get into company side at the minute, but yeah, that's the underleg breakdown I've, podcast. So I've got, I've got a question <laughs> for Elliot. Elliot, would you, okay, what, what players would you take at Borough from Bielefeld? What take from Borough to play for Bielefeld? No, the other way around. <laughs> oh, Did right, I say right, that right, one? Right. Sorry. Yeah, no, I have just got the wrong way. God, uh, I think, I think this season, um, I think a lot of them be. I wouldn't say too good, but um, trying to think of a position that we need and a position that would I think really help out. Um, centre back wise, I think they've, they've got two that they basically played the majority of last season and started again this season. But I think one's bordering about 29, 30. Um, but there's one, I think he's got 22. He's called Amos Piper, Piper something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's had really rave reviews, um, particularly last year in. In um, the Bundesliga too, um, but uh, I think that'd be a good shout for there. In terms of further up the field, it's weird in, in the way in which they they play with with wingers and whatnot. They've either converted centre attacking midfielders to wingers, or are almost like Stuani types um, to to wingers. So um, yeah, I mean the, the left winger who done really well last season and up there again this season is is Andreas Vogel Summer, but. I think that that'd be a feasible deal. Um, yeah, I don't think there's many really. The only the only player I think that most people would know who is just signed for them this season is Mike Van der Horn. Mm. Um, oh yeah, oh, well, he went there. Yeah, so they didn't really. Sign, obviously, the, the, the money's even a bit more less coming up from Bundesliga to the Bundesliga than it is the Championship to the Premier League. So I think they only brought in like four players, five players, and they were all just free transfers pretty much. So. Um, They've loaned a, a Japanese player actually from PSV. I think it's called Ritsu Doan, um, who's been a really pivotal player for them this year. Um, but they're, they're going to need it to to stay up. Um, they've they just beat Schalke yesterday actually, um, mm. 
and Schalke were a bottom, so Schalke could be another all <laughs> oh. giant of like Hamburg at some point. So, um, yeah, I think I, I'll, I'll put it on too. I'll put it, yeah, a- Amos Piper and uh, Vogel Samuel, but yeah. Well, then you may as well say 1860 Munich. Who would you bring in then? You've got if you could Sasha bring in Moulders. one or two. Oh yeah, of course, Sasha Moulders, of course. Um, <laughs> but also, no, I think Dennis Stressel and maybe. Maybe Steinhardt. I know he's, I think Steinhardt's maybe 29, but very good uh, set piece taker. Um, left back gets forward. I think I think those three, yeah. Enough. Hey, it's nice to have a bit of European football knowledge there. It's nice, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, following different teams around the globe. Um, but well, let's chat about Rotherham then. Um, and let's move on to that. And obviously, it's a game that could potentially be in doubt as well with. with Rotherham having a few players that have been struck down with COVID-19, so um, we don't really know the ins and outs of it yet, but we'll break it down anyway. Dana, if you want to... I'll start that again. If you want me to pass you the mic... Yeah, absolutely. So they've, they've played a 4-3-3 for the majority of the season, but they have been playing a 3-5-2 of late, and they like to to get up high they like to press they like to get tight uh, with their five in midfield but they do uh, tend to resort to long ball which a lot of their fans are, are not too happy with and I mean it's not working for them because in the last six games they've won one drawn one and lost four so um, not going too well there but much like ourselves they don't tend to dominate possession they average 46.7% we are on 46.1% but what they do do when they have the ball is they try to work it out wide and the 12 crosses against Blackburn is actually a low amount for them because they had 31 against uh, Bristol City, 18 against Watford, 30 against Coventry and 16 against Brentford, given how good a team Brentford are, is actually a decent amount. Um, but one of their major weaknesses is their game management. They've actually dropped 12 points from games in which they've led this season. And uh, one Rotherham fan said, my feeling is we are a squad of individuals rather than a team. Uh, which is being exploited by better organised sides. And as soon as I read that, I, it alerted me because we are a very organised side. So <clears throat> potentially if uh, the game is sort of, you know, maybe 1-1-0-0 one, one, nil, nil, towards the end of the game, we can maybe see uh, exploiting them there. But I think they're missing Sean McDonald in midfield. He's experienced the former Bournemouth midfielder. He's ruled out till the new year with a broken leg. Um, and they're also really struggling to convert shots into uh, goals. They average 11.3 shots per game, but only 3.1 uh, on target per game. So, you know, obvious issues there. And, you know, the three at the back, it becomes five when they're under the cosh. But what you'll see is they'll they'll condense and they'll, they'll come very narrow. And Watford and Blackburn actually exploited this and scored goals from it. So, you know, they have that five at the back, but they, they leave a flank completely free. And it's happened a few times this season where there's just been a ball over the top towards the winger. Um, and that's how Adam Armstrong scored his goal, uh, his winning goal yesterday, because it came from a ball over the top. So, you know, that's a weakness. But one to watch, I think Dan Barlazer, 23 years old, midfielder signed from Newcastle. Three goals, one assist this season. Tops their charts for key passes, passing accuracy and interceptions. I can see if Rotherham go down, I can see him being picked up by a more established championship team. So definitely one to watch there. Screams Blackburn, doesn't it? Screams Blackburn with they get relegated. Um, but no, a good breakdown. Els, is there anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, or? there was one thing um, I looked into which kind of followed on from what Dana said there about converting chances. Um, the... <laughs> comes back to the xg that i've been looking into um xg they uh they actually expected goals that this kind of should have had this season is, is 24 um but the one he's got 18 whereas their expected goals against pretty much nigh on where it's out of conceded 27 and their expected was 29 so um it, yeah they, they have found it difficult to actually put away the chances um so yeah i, I think when data said that there um even about an organized side it's kind of already cemented a little bit of my prediction in my head because I think we can easily pick apart a team like this with, with our organisation and man marking and, and sort of hard work um, across the pitch um, looking at other players in the team there's not a whole load of players I think who you know, unless you're a, a deep statistician of the, of the championship that you'd know off the top of your head really um, Dana mentioned a few obviously up front as well they've got Kyle Vassell 
we were once linked with him, was he from Cardiff, I think, was it? Um, a few years back, we were linked with signing him. Um, Freddie Ladapo is the top scorer for them, um, also up front. Um, they've also got uh, Joss, I can't, I can't pronounce his name, the guy from Derby, Joseph Soon or something oh, like Joseph, that. Joseph Soon, Florian Joseph Soon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I recognise his name straight away, obviously, from, from Derby. And obviously, um, Jamal Blackman um, from that wonderful game at Anfield. Um, once upon a time so yeah um, I think if the game does go ahead I haven't heard nothing else on it yet they've, they've you know refrained to make a comment other than the game yesterday um, but judging if it was put off yesterday I feel like it might be postponed um, given that normal sort of quarantine is 10 to, to maybe even 14 days so you know it's a bit a bit rubbish really that we might not have a game on, on Boxing Day um, but it is what it is, I guess. And um, if it does go ahead, I'm I'm quietly confident for you know that will, you know for a positive result. Oh, well, that leads us nicely to to predictions. And what have we got for our score predictions this week? And I'm just going to throw out there, mind the gap, guys, mind the gap, because I'm absolutely flying at the minute. <laughs> absolutely yeah. flying. Oh God! Oh well, right. we need we need to knock him off his uh, off his little perch here. Yeah, I need to. I need, I need to get one at least of a three-pointer, and we need to start closing the gap. That's all I've been getting. All, all I've been getting. Yeah, that's what is. Mine's just mine and Dana's have been predominantly one-pointers, and she, I think Dana's had maybe one or one or two threes. But when you your points have been picked up, Johnny, it's just like you hardly ever get the like actual result right. You'll just get like the every couple of weeks you'll get a scoreline that like bang on, um, leaving us with dust. <laughs> So, oh dear! But I think I'm gonna go with uh, a two-nil victory. I was gonna go for Another the exact same. For Elliot. Yeah, I was gonna go for two-nil two nil for two nil as well. I was gonna go two-nil as well. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? I feel like. Well, the reason why I think two-nil um, is that. And then they set up and the way they set up as well with the five and they're coming narrow and they become more compact is if we move the ball quickly in the first half and get a, go- a goal and within the first 30 minutes, we should be able to dictate the game quite quickly. Uh, I think the game's going to be one way, probably on the counter-attack, I think we're going to probably sit in as, just as much as they are. It's going to be a horrible game to watch. Um, I don't think we're going to be very entertaining at all. Um, but I do think that if we get a goal within the first 30 minutes, we should be able to off in the second half and hopefully get the second goal but yeah I'm going to go 2-0 as well um, sorry guys but that's the way I'm going to go with it um, but that's pretty much it guys if, if the game doesn't go ahead you know we can uh, you know get played in say March or something we might uh, all change our change mind our and redo the predictions I wonder, how far, I wonder how far ahead I'll be then <laughs> I was going to uh, say they probably won that? <laughs> yeah <laughs> Stop the count. All <laughs> 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 uh, right. Okay. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you very much uh, for joining me as always. And thank you to the Bora Breakdown listeners. Really do appreciate every single listen we've got. Um, but we're back next week uh, for our final pod of the year where we're going to probably talk about Rotherham if it's, if it's on, but also our favorite moments of 2020. Uh, so watch out for our thread on that as well. Um, but that's pretty much it, Bora. Uh, sixth in the championship, and to, and to quote Chris Rea, we're driving up the championship for Christmas. Uh, well, this has been the Borough Breakdown podcast, and that all of you match day chatter in the pod. Borough Breakdown. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.